Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And I have with me today the co-host and producer at The Crypto Show. His name is Danny Sessom, and I am so excited to pick his brain all about cryptocurrencies. Welcome, Danny. Oh, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. So why don't you start us off with giving us an overview of your radio show, The Crypto Show? Um, uh, the Crypto Show is an FM radio show in Austin, Texas, and we generally talk about uh, cryptocurrencies, just whatever types of digital, I mean, excuse me, disruptive technologies that are out there. Um, one of our favorite things actually to talk about, which is ironic, would be uh, cannabis, since we don't smoke cannabis, but we, we support everybody else smoking it if they want to. So, uh, you know, we see cannabis as being a, a great market to introduce crypto to, you know, to the greater population. Uh, just, just because of the restrictions from banks and everything else. Exactly. I know here in California, where I'm located, um, the recent legalization, a lot of it depends on where you, what city you're in. If they'll allow people to have dispensaries or have grow operations <clears throat> and whatnot, and a lot of times the way people are getting around that is by using cryptocurrencies to complete uh, sales and transactions for for certain kinds of land properties and whatnot, um, and having access yeah. to those funds. Yeah, they have, they actually have uh, realtors in California that specialize in nothing but properties for uh, cannabis grows. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, anyway, I, I guess back to the show. We 
We started four years ago out of the uh, first Texas Bitcoin conference in Austin. Um, we were kind of part of the planning committee for that. And during the meetups, we just kind of sat down and uh, Harlan, the guy who owned Brave New Books, said, hey, I have connections to the radio station. We should start a show about cryptocurrency. And so we did, you know. A few months later, it was off the ground, uh, just in time actually for the conference to kick off. And we've been on air since February of um, 2014. So, yeah. Wow. So you're you're on the air on a radio station. People can also listen online as well. You have your your podcast is up and available on the website. Yeah, uh, yeah. We edit down the radio show and then we load it up to SoundCloud and Let's Talk Bitcoin. Uh, some of it's converted into YouTube videos from our Facebook Live feed, which uh, we'll run periodically. We do a Facebook Live from the studio if, if I'm in studio. Uh, I, I tend to travel around quite a bit lately. So, uh, you know, I'm in Colombia or Mexico or London or wherever I'm at. Um, I will I will just connect over the Internet to, to the show and, and I'll just report from wherever we're at. Are you traveling for the show or are you just traveling for pleasure and you're able to connect? Uh, no, it's part of the show. So um, Dash is one of our sponsors and... Uh, a little, actually, about a year ago, we, we put our, a year ago today, actually, we submitted the proposal to the Dash Network on 420 uh, last year, and <laughs> I was in Denver, and we uh, we we were granted the proposal, and I spent uh, the next six months traveling around the, um, the western half of the U.S., visiting cannabis dispensaries, uh, trying to talk them into using Dash. Um teamed up with another service called Alt36, which is uh, basically a seed-to-sale kind of tracking system for uh, for the cannabis industry. So it's a POS that figures all the taxes at the cannabis rate because cannabis taxes are actually set at a different rate than other taxes. So you need specialized software, and, and that's what Alt36 does. Uh, their plan is to put in ATMs into the, the dispensaries where people could come and actually use the ATM as a kiosk to purchase their, you know, cannabis, and then they would go to the counter and pick it up. Hmm. Very interesting concept. And tell us a little bit more about Dash. Uh, Dash is a fork of Bitcoin, and it's gone through a couple of name changes. I think it was Xcoin, and then it uh, became Darkcoin uh, right after the first beginning. And then uh, they found that that was like a little scary for people. So they wanted a name that was a little more mainstream and they went, so they went with Dash. Um, and the way it operates is it, it's a hybrid model where it has a proof of work and a proof of stake uh, mining algorithm, algorithms, excuse me. So 45% of the mining reward goes to the uh, proof of work miners and 45% goes to what they call masternodes. And these, these guys offer up uh, specialized function like uh, instant transactions and private send uh, so that you can send anonymous transactions. And those people are also the ones who vote and decide what will happen on the network. Uh, as I said, it's 45 and 45, so there's another 10% remaining, and those masternodes vote on where that 10% will, will go, whether it's to uh, you know new development or advertising. And uh, our, our show is, you know, we advertise for them, and what we do is not just advertise on the show, is we, we try to come up with really cool use cases to use Dash and use that as a, a better form of advertisement. Um, 
I, I mentioned earlier about uh, traveling around the cannabis dispensaries. And so I took my RV and traveled all across the U.S. visiting dispensaries. Um, and then towards the end of that proposal, uh, the hurricane came around. Uh, you, if you recall, Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. And we had we had some funds left over because an, another thing that we were doing along that was part of that proposal is we were feeding the homeless. Um, <clears throat> I was I had the money left over, so I, when the hurricane hit, I decided to take that extra money and go down to the coast and help people out who had just lost everything. You know, they didn't have a clean towel, they didn't have a meal, they didn't you know shampoo things like this. So. We made uh, care packages with a meal and, you know, a new towel and all these things, right? Well, when we did this, people started pitching in. So, I, you know, this was even over and above what Dash gave us. We ended up with like $60,000. So we spent three weeks on the coast and we served over 3,100 people helping this out. We bought a boat. We bought a boat from Academy and went and pulled you know, 30-something people out of the water as well. Like uh, Harlan, the other member of, of the show, he went and got all that, and it was like the idea was hatched on like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and by midnight we had already had branding for the boat. We bought the boat, and they were in Beaumont ready to pull people out of the water. That's just how fast that we were able to, to do this because we had the funds, of you know, from Dash, and, and we were just prepared. <laughs> Luckily, I had my motorhome uh, set up to do these things uh, from from doing the feeding the homeless out of my my RV, and so it only took hours to literally jump into action and you know head to the coast. Like the hurricane was still going on when we were driving into the storm, and you know I, I met people at Walmart who were staying the night. They were heading away from the storm, and we were heading into it. So it was, <laughs> you know. It was pretty interesting, but from that, you know, that was the the previous proposal, and then my my recent proposal, which is ending right now, um, we're building homes in Mexico for earthquake victims. So we, we were funded to do this, and we've already completed three homes. We've got two more started, and we're uh, rebuilding a community center uh, for senior citizens in in a small town near Puebla. Uh, and what our main goal is really remittance. Uh, we're, we're installing ATMs in the Austin area and Central Texas area, and we're looking to get immigrants here in the U.S. to send their remittance money home using Dash rather than Western Union. Uh, so the building of houses over there is really, you know, building a, a community and, and building an image with people in Mexico so that they understand that cryptocurrencies have value and that they would be interested in using Dash as uh, a tool for remittance. Exactly. I mean, this is so much more than so much more than just a crypto radio show. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, I don't think there. I don't think there's a podcast or radio show or anybody out there that's doing what we're doing. Um, I, you know, we're we're trying to really go over and above on for our advertisers. Really, well, it's also their, incredible. Give them their money. Incredible for, work. Incredible work that you're well, doing. It. Incredible needed work. You know. Yeah, and and the you know the reason why we really kind of started using cryptocurrencies for charities was um, we're we're very close friends with uh, Lynn Ulbricht and and you know Ross Ulbricht is kind of getting the shaft from the the Silk Road deal with his double life sentence. Well, we spend a lot of time raising money 
uh, for his legal defense. So we raised over $12,000 by having, uh, you know, different events where we people would pitch stuff in and we would sell it and we'd have a party or whatever and people would kick in funds. <clears throat> and we kind of got tired of people painting Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as, as just a tool for buying drugs on the internet. Um, yeah. You know, we feel it was unfair what they did to him. I mean, he didn't actually sell any drugs. He, uh, they tried to accuse him for murder and everything else, and none of that's proven or, or ever even charged. Uh, so, you know, we were trying to just build the build a different image because the only thing you ever seen on the news is, oh, yeah, that's that money for that they buy stuff with the dark web and, you know, scary, scary, scary. You know? Exactly. Well, they're they're demonizing it, I think, because people don't really understand it. So then it becomes this yeah. thing that, you know, they're afraid of where if you just are educated about something, then you're no longer afraid exactly. of it because now you know how to use it. Yeah, you know, in my yeah. response when someone says, oh, that's the drug money, I'm like, oh, no, that's what we're building <laughs> houses with. That's what we're feeding the homeless with. That's what we're doing this, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I truly have a response that I can respond back to someone and say, no, you're wrong. It's not just drug Yeah, and and I think for some reason people are just still stuck on that initial experience of cryptocurrency when, in fact, it that is so far from, I mean, that does happen with fiat currency as well, but Everyone seems okay using that. <laughs> so. uh, actually, it happens more. It happens more, more. with fiat currency. <laughs> that's the that's the number one thing. You know, that that was uh, something that was shown in uh, with the Ross Ulbricht case. They actually tried to throw that out. They didn't want that information being introduced. Is that uh, their studies showed that it lowered the crime rate because people who were interacting with drugs didn't have a dangerous drug dealer on the street or whatever, you know. So they never came into contact with the person that it was safer for them to actually purchase. Yeah, and again, it's it's only being demonized because it is new. I mean, people do illegal activity with fiat currency all the time. They do illegal activity with banking, wire transfers, all, you know, you name it. This is just the newest yeah. thing that people are, and they see the, the decentralization and they think, oh, you know, these people are, are trying to disrupt and disruption means they're rebels yeah. and rebels are bad. And that's, you know, that's such a right. skewed way of looking well, usually, at it. Uh, usually when the banks or someone associated with the banks is demonizing cryptocurrencies, it's because they're fixing to buy some. Uh, you know, like Jamie Diamond. <laughs> because they want it to go down. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're using their their uh, you know their powers of insider trading by calling Bitcoin bad so that they can turn around and buy it. Exactly. That's that's usually if I want to buy more Bitcoin, I uh, I wait until the, someone starts bad mouthing it, and I'm like, yes, okay, it's gonna drop down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think then is is one of the bigger hurdles in front of cryptocurrency still that we need to jump over in order to get it more mainstream and to get people using it around the world as an everyday tool? Um, I, w- I would say for Bitcoin, like hardcore Bitcoin only people, I I call them the Highlander coin crew, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. The hardcore, yeah, you know, the people that are hardcore core Bitcoin, uh, there can only be one, you know, there you go, it's Highlander coin. Well, so with all of this fighting and and then people in, you know, people who are new to Bitcoin, they come in and they see these guys stabbing each other in the back over, you know, which coin's better. Uh, that doesn't seem like a really good sales pitch to bring in, uh, to bring in the general public when, when everybody's mm-hmm. bickering over which one is better. And it's not, it's not like the 
coins are enemies of each other. They should be working together as a community. Uh, I think that the enemy is credit cards and banks and stuff like that, not not other cryptocurrencies. And, you know. Exactly. And, you know, different currencies work in different ways, exactly the same with right. the crypto. So how yeah, did you get bit and, by the crypto and, bug? Um, well, I was a uh, I was a delegate for Ron Paul, uh, and so I was you know pretty attracted to his mantra of let's end the Fed. And after discovering Bitcoin, for me it was I don't have to end the Fed; I can just opt out. And uh, mm-hmm. I started in my business. I accept cryptocurrencies, and and currently um, 100% of my income right now is crypto. I'm not even really. I have a roofing company, and I'm just not even doing any business in it. And uh, wow. yeah, so <laughs> I'm living fully off of crypto. That's, and that's fact, pretty awesome. And in fact, our our radio show, if you want to advertise uh, on the radio show, we won't accept the dollar. You, you'll need to pay us in cryptocurrency. And that's really going to be, I think, what pushes the general population in the direction of cryptocurrency is when certain businesses have a good or service that they want. And the only way to receive that is by using cryptocurrency. So they'll have to buy crypto and they'll get experience. And once again, experience yeah. then will come, you know, less fear, less, you know, anxiety about it. Because there is, you know, it is uncertain. And there's a lot of right. fraud and theft and whatnot from hackers, the yeah. big scary hackers. But it happens. I mean, how much credit card theft do we have in the U.S.? Or how much, you know, how many times you have to yeah. well, check your bank account for fraud? <laughs> Same thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, someday there may be a, a just one huge, massive exchange, and then corporations would have their tokens on there, and and you wouldn't deal with dollars anymore. You would trade your Starbucks tokens for Walmart tokens. Uh, you know what I mean? Like having mm-hmm. an, an exchange in your phone that you would just exchange currencies for whatever it is that you want to buy. Absolutely, and and when you're traveling, it could be. A lot easier to, you know, have different currencies available without having to go and exchange and calculate how much you need and and all of that. Yeah, yeah. and it, I guess that day is coming. I mean, um, we we just interviewed a guy the other day. It was really uh, interesting. He was setting up an exchange in Venezuela, and uh, Venezuela just the the government just issued a coin called El Petro. Uh, this is an oil-backed coin for Venezuela, and the government is is the one in charge of it. Well, certainly it's a horrible coin and it can't be trusted, but everybody in Venezuela who needs any kind of service from the government will be paid in these coins and then they have to use those coins for their government services or welfare or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So now they've just introduced the entire nation to cryptocurrency. So they've kind of let the genie out of the bottle. You know, they just did the... They just advertise to the whole country for free, <laughs> letting people know about cryptocurrency. And, you know, Dash and Smart Cash, and there are quite a few others that are actually making moves in Venezuela. So uh, I think that'll be interesting to see how all that turns out. So if you're not being forced into cryptocurrency, as some people you just mentioned right. are, what do you? what is your advice for uh, newcomers into the crypto world? And the best way for them to, you know, get involved in a safe manner where they'll feel they'll feel like they have some power. Um, it, it's difficult to buy it. So if you have a niche or a service, the best way to get cryptocurrency is to work for it. Um, you know, receive it as a service uh, or uh, sell a good for cryptocurrency. That's the easiest way to get it, and you don't have to deal with an exchange to do that. 
Um, you know, you'll have to do some research uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, ERC twenties and all that. I I tend to stay away from all of those like ICOs and things like that. I I just try not to get involved with them. Um, I've seen a couple of ICOs that I like that actually had a product behind it, but uh, I'm a little leery of most ICOs. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, I, not I would, you're not telling people to like, go out and. No, I would recommend kind of like the top the top ten you know currencies that you would see on Poloniex or whatever. I'm sure you can make a lot more money off of some of the lesser known ones, uh, but you could also lose if you can lose if you can make that much money. Well, then you can lose just as much easily. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Um, but so I mean, you wouldn't encourage where, people I, to I go mean, out. Right. I, I mean, that's where everybody is. Uh, you know, the, the whales or whatever. They're all of their profits come from the new people coming in that don't understand cryptocurrency and then they then they get pissed off and leave and uh, never come back yeah well and and sometimes the user experience is not that great you know you go to like a bitcoin atm and then it's stressful because you're in a weird you know head shop or something you know there's this like weird things and people don't trust people don't trust doing things on their phone or their computer because maybe they don't have the right security set up for themselves and they're already going to get Act because they just aren't good at security on their own personal devices. Yeah, they. That's uh, definitely uh, the user experience needs to improve on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, where do you see the industry going long term? You know, what are your hopes and what are your your actual kind of gut instincts for where it's all going? Um, well, I guess it, it's it would be most useful as money for the internet, of course, uh, especially to to curb fraud uh, or identity theft. Uh, which was was pretty cool to see what uh, Verge inter- integrated in with the porn site. Uh, I don't know how that will turn out, but that's probably a great idea because that I think that's one of the top places to get your identity stolen from is uh, porn sites. <laughs> yep. So if you're not if you're not giving your banking information to a porn site, uh, you're probably much better off. So. <laughs> And I think that that pretty that pretty well goes for anything on the internet. When you you know you're you're sending the a push payment rather than the pull payment, then uh, you're much safer. Exactly, exactly. So, how can people tune into your podcast? Just when are you on the air and the website? We, that you guys we are on air on uh, Wednesday and Sunday nights from eight to ten p.m. And you can just listen at. Uh, thecryptoshow.com, listen live. There's there's a listen live link there. I I think it's actually listenlive.thecryptoshow.com uh, or 89.1 FM in Austin, uh, SoundCloud, Let's Talk Bitcoin, YouTube, uh, Bitcoin Talk Radio, Tasty Pot. We're all over the place. <laughs> and uh, are you very active on social media? Uh, very, very active. So uh, we we actually have a, a subsite, uh, I guess a, a redirect page uh, called dashcares.com, and that uh, basically all of the social media from everything that we're doing in Mexico and from the hurricane and everything is all accumulated on that page. So uh, we're very active in that. I, I have a lot of pictures and videos and everything of the houses being built and us going through the hurricane and the whole bit. Wonderful. Well, Danny, thank you so much for doing this work for the world in general. And thank you so much for joining us on Future Tech Podcast. This has been really insightful, and I can't wait to listen to your show. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. That was Danny Sussum. He is the co-host and producer at The Crypto Show. 
You can listen live on the radio stations or go to thecryptoshow.com. Thank you all so much for joining us today. This has been Juliet Lamar with Feature Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.